Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys, and this is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay. Jazz from just seeing it, uh, the trailer for All Quiet on the Western Front, and my gosh, there's probably going to be at least one good World War One movie out there. I'm D.T. Cabman, and there are several good World War One movies out there. <laughs> um, and I could give you a list of some, but I, uh, I, I, to be fair, as a military and war movie fan, uh, I have not seen the original versions of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, and I need to watch the latest trailer for it because I think I saw the teaser. I don't think I've seen this one yet. Yeah, it just uh, came out. But apparently... Everybody is ex- looking. Well, people in, in my, you know, circles <laughs> are excited for it. Yeah, I did see 1917, which was excellent. I didn't. I heard nothing but good things, and I, I, I gotta see it. I have to. I know. I have to see it soon. So, I will say, I'll, I'll say this because I'm talking too loud. I'll say, I haven't seen a good World War One movie yet. But there's some out there that are that I haven't probably seen that are that that contradict that sentiment. Okay, so which uh, which ones? I saw the movie with uh, Bill Murray from 1984. 1984. Yeah, he he joined he he starred in Ghostbusters. So that he could get the studio to sign on to do the other movie, the, which was the World War One epic that he did. Mm. And it bombed, which he left acting for four years because of that. Well, I haven't seen that one, but 1917 is an excellent one. Mm-hmm. Um, Spielberg's uh, War Horse was an interesting one. I didn't see that. You know, my wife and I were standing in front of the theater. We'd seen, you know, this is back in college when you could, or young adulthood, when you could mm-hmm. see a movie or twice a, 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 in a week. Right. And we were there. We saw everything else. And War Horse was what was left. And I said, nah. I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Well, um, The Lost Battalion was pretty good. That was an A&E movie uh, about this uh, battalion from New York led by a, a former lawyer who ended up being cut off and surrounded by the Germans and refused to give up uh, mm. for uh, going outside. American ones, you have Gallipoli starring Mel Gibson when he was still in Australia. It was quite good. Mm. 1917, I'd mentioned, was excellent. You know, you have famous yeah. ones like All Quiet Along the Western Front. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. yes. You, I, mean, I forgot there, Lawrence of Arabia took place during World War One. There's been several uh, remakes of All Quiet on the Western Front. There's also Sergeant York. Uh, All of these you one. mentioned, I have never seen. So my statement is getting more invalid with each movie you you put out there. <laughs> well, the Fighting Sixty Ninth—that that's another classic. You have 
Uh, what else? Um, the Razor's Edge was the World War One movie that Bill Murray starred in. Ah. It, quote, uh, the, the tag is, he had everything and wanted nothing. He learned that he had nothing and wanted everything. He saved the world and then it shattered. The path to enlightenment is as sharp and narrow as a razor's edge. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I of mean, course. Bill Murray being serious. Well, I mean, he's actually good at it when um, considering what he's done over the last, oh, 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. The Water Diviner starring Russell Crowe was pretty good. That was a relatively recent one in the last 10 years. He's the father of several Australia. Well, his, his sons go off to fight in the Dardanelles campaign in Turkey during World War One, and they don't come home. So he goes looking for them at, after the end. Oh, of the my gosh. So he goes to Turkey. Wow. How come I know nothing about this movie? Which which movie? The, the Water Diviner. Yeah, I don't because know that how something right up my alley. The, I, this I, I, just I don't know if it was ever released in the U.S. I think it was, but I don't think it was one of those major epic releases. You know what I mean? You know, an art house release then. Hmm. Yeah. yeah um, oh, it was released December twenty sixth of fourteen. So. Yeah, well, made almost uh, twice budget back. But if you want to watch another good, uh, some decent stuff on World War One, just rewatch the Indiana Jones Chronicles, and <laughs> the, war, the War Years. Because that's are, easily accessible. It is on Paramount Plus. Is it? Oh, it is. I forgot that Indiana. <sighs> I forgot Indiana Jones was a Paramount movie. Yeah. Because. Uh, uh, well, yes. It's Lucasfilm, so you'd think Disney Plus would have those movies. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's a lot of, of interesting ones. There's a, I mean, Flyboys. That was James Franco. I think that was the mm. Lafayette Escadrille. Was it Red Fins? Red Tails. Red Tails. World Thank War you. II about the the ski gearman. Yeah, wanted to see that. I, I genuinely wanted to see that, but my son was just born right after that, and. It's you can't good. Go. You can't go to a movie when, with a newborn. Well, that one was, I think, Spielberg and Lucas. It was, yeah. That was, that was, oh, I think that's on Disney Plus. Now that I think about it. What is? Red Tails. It may be. Uh, War Horse actually had um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston in. Uh, almost pre-MCU, pre-breakthrough uh, of fame roles. Okay, yeah. Red Tails, Red Tails was, is on Disney, uh, Disney Plus, yep. Oh, yeah, quite excellent. All right, you know, so I, I, can, I, I can at least watch that one. Did you see Wonder Woman, the original? I don't count that as a World War I movie. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Um... But uh, they they played a little fast and loose with that that Western Front deal. Oh, oh, and, they completely uh, did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there there's <laughs> lots of um, there are good uh, World War One movies. I mean, there there well, are I just, quite. 
I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just feel like I don't I don't think World War One gets the understanding that it it deserves. You're right. It doesn't because it was devastating. I mean, technically, there was a higher body count in World War Two, but but World War One was just awful. It was yeah. awful. There. I think I think it needs to be explored more because that war divided an age, really. Correct. Uh, there's there's been very good ones. Of course, you have Lawrence Arabia, which is in all quiet on the Western Front, which are some of the most uh, uh, famous. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have. Uh, oh, Red Tails is World War Two. My bad. I said that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You yeah, you did say that. I'm already ruining oh, oh. this podcast episode. There, there is a movie from 2005 called Joy Noel, which is uh, about the Christmas truce of 1914, and it's mm. shown through the eyes of French, Scottish, and German soldiers. And the languages are in, it's all three languages. And I've, I've seen some, uh, some clips of it were shown during a history class in one of my, um, uh, in basically what was my master's course for the, uh, for the army. Which, uh-huh. uh, which is, it's, it's a fascinating story if you ever read up about it too. I mean, two sides literally said, we will not kill each other tonight. And then they end up playing like, you know, soccer and dead man and no man's land and stuff like that. Doesn't that just, you know, give perspective to the idea of how, how ludicrous war is as a construct. Believe me, uh, as someone who's been in one, it's kind of ludicrous. It um, is. I mean, as as a naive civilian, I, I speak <laughs> with limited authority, of course, but just just, you know, the essence of of wanting to exist, man, and, and being able to that one day, you know, look across, you know, look across a table at someone who is trying to kill you for the last uh, four months. And who tried to kill you yesterday and be like, okay, you're a bloody good bloke. And then the next day it it starts, it all starts over again. War is terrible. To quote William T. Sherman, war is hell. Yeah. I think, I think to quote you back when Russia invaded Ukraine, you were like, war sucks. It does. So I'm just saying I could use a little less war and uh, some genuine human compassion. (laughs) And the funny thing is you can actually find some of that in war. Uh, Well, that's well, that's where heroes are made, because if if you take away the sides. Right. And I know that that's apocryphal in, in a certain extent but let's just let's just take away the sides and look at war and the fundamentals here this person is trying to kill this person this side is trying to kill this side and 
you already have a, a certain amount of um, drive and, and responsibility, not only for yourself, but for your, your compatriots. Mm. And, but part of that, part of that drive is to make sure that your compatriots also survive. And it exemplifies that altruism of, I will help you because I know you'll help me. You know, and it'll drive in those extraordinary circumstances will drive people to do extraordinary things. Is that a fair assessment? I know you hear such horrible things about war and war is in itself destructive and terrible. But every now and then you hear stories about just somebody transcending that. So here's an example. Um, During the American Civil War, uh, in the Battle of Fredericksburg, Virginia, December uh, 1862, the Confederates are entrenched on some heights. The Union Army is trying to dislodge them in, in repeated idiotic attacks just charging up a hill against a, an extremely fortified position in there was this just, grant no this was years before this was two years before grant oh okay. so it, the union troops are just getting mowed down left and right and then you know following one of the you know following some of these charges there's thousands of bodies in front of you know, the Confederate positions, but there's many who were still alive, just people, you know, were, if somebody wore blue walking out in front of them, they'd likely be shot. Right. There's this um, Confederate soldier from South Carolina, um, Richard Kirkland. He hears the, the cries of uh, suffering from the wounded, their, you know, the cries for water, and this Sergeant Kirkland, uh, you know, can you know they can't take any more. So he goes to his commanding officer, informs him he wishes just to bring, you know, bring some water or something to these wounded. And during the first attempt, you know, request is turned down. But then the general later relents. He brings out. Um, He's, he's turned down the chance to, to bring a white flag out. So he gathers all the canteens he can carry and goes out onto the battlefield and starts going back and forth between the living wounded, giving them water, uh, blankets when he can. And then the, both sides are watching and nobody, everybody just like held their fire. You know, the Confederates thought, you know, the union would open fire, but as they watch this act of pure mercy and humanity, just mm-hmm. nobody, nobody shot at him. You know, he, he did his best to help, you know, uh, in some, you know, there were some Confederates out there, but it was mostly union soldiers just because of the, the situation. So he, right. you know, he was, uh, a man who transcended the horrors of war to just do something 
as uh, something as you know fundamental as just giving water to right you know so I mean, there's a there's a beautiful sculpture uh, of him um, giving water to the wounded uh, at at the Fredericksburg battlefield site it's um nice it, it, it it's one of those stories you just hear them you know yeah i love i love that that exists because you know you hear something like that and and that one person affected an entire battle uh unconditionally affected an entire battle and that goes to show that there is a certain level of evolution cognitively that one yes. must stop this brutality. You know what I mean? Exactly. And there's many other stories like this throughout, you know, history. You know, there's there's the the interesting sides of, of conflict where you get these bizarre stories or you know animal stories are always neat. Mascots. Yeah. You know, loyal horses. Nothing in the rule book that says a golden retriever can't play on a football team. (laughs) I'm adding levity. There are literally books written about mascots or heroic animals. So it's fascinating. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, in humanity in the darkness is something that's needed. And that's something that we actually kind of see a little bit of in the topic for today. Why don't you bring us right on in? Well, we, uh, we're going to discuss the full series or this season of She-Hulk. We did, we did an episode uh, a few weeks ago at the start of the series and our initial reactions and thoughts. The series concluded last week or the season uh, with nine episodes. Right, nine. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. It felt like a lot, not in a bad way, but it just—it was eight typically long. I just don't get Disney. It's like, oh, it'll be a six episode, then it'll be an eight episode. Why don't we just exactly? Do 10? Can we do ten? Can we kind yeah, of like shoot just... for ten, eight, ten, something like that? But but six or you? How many episodes was? Uh... I got. Mean, I could look it wasn't, up. Wasn't wasn't Kenobi? Uh, Six WandaVision and like Book of Boba Fett seven and WandaVision was like six. Yeah, I mean, it, it's strange. I guess, you know, the good thing is if you don't have enough story to stretch it out to 10, they're not doing that. Right. Well, they're now starting to be like, well, with Werewolf by Midnight, we'll use the special Werewolf uh, excuse. By night. Um, yeah, by Midnight. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Night. Well, Werewolf by Night. Is it? Oh, really? Yes. Well, I have to change an entire episode title then. I do anyway, really want me to do on. that. Oh, carry on. <laughs> but with the success of, of that episode or that special, Marvel is like, oh, hey, we don't need to do an entire series, especially if we have a hard time figuring out a storyline that can go six episodes at the minimum. Mm-hmm. You could do you could do an hour and twenty minutes. I mean, a, a mini movie 
in a sense, especially mini compared to Marvel. Well, you know, I the special, I like that. So we're going to get two this year. We're getting we had Werewolf by Night. Now we're going to get, uh, I think, closing in a, a, near Christmas time will be the Guardians holiday special. That should mm-hmm. be fun. And you see, this allows us to do fun stuff. You don't have to, like, drag too much story out over a movie or try to stretch a concept into a season. I genuinely think that they've been struggling with that situation. Um. (laughs) Maybe a little here and there. Which I'll I'll talk about later when we talk about our subject, but... uh, I actually think She-Hulk... was was decently paced. I don't think they uh, stretched it too far. Well, okay, so to to speak to the pacing, I felt that this was one of those shows where it was a little bit more episodic, which I liked. Yes. It wasn't one long, like, continuous one where this episode directly starts off where this episode was or whatnot. It, each episode had its own little mini story. There was an overarching story, yes. But I liked the episodic factor to it. I, I, felt, I felt it more digestible. Well, that's good. I mean, do you agree or, uh, with, with the idea that it was a little bit more episodic? It was, but there was enough connected tissue. I mean, there were some that bled over from week to week, like week one ends sure. and then week two kind of picks up and then, you know, you'll get some of that. Uh, I mean, it's it's all in a span of probably a few weeks, really. So it's not like. It's a, a condensed enough timeline. Right. Uh, right. And, and at times, I'm sure it might feel a little herky jerky with all the fourth wall breaks and. Some of the things, but I kind of like it. It's a little refreshing. It's not as formulaic at times, (laughs) which is now the the entire. uh, We'll get into that. Finale was. I think we can. I think we can use a good fifteen twenty minutes of discussing the season finale. So before we get there, let's talk about the fourth fourth wall breaking here within the episode, not episode. Uh, within the season, not counting the last episode. Um, I didn't mind it. I liked that they kind of eased you in first where it looked like she was doing fourth wall breaking, but she wasn't. Yeah, that, that, camera... was a, that, that was a great. That was a great uh, bit there. You know, it looks like she's talking to the yeah. camera and then it pulls out and she's practicing her closing argument to her colleagues. Right. Excellent. And and uh, that was great. And then they went a little bit more liberal with it as the series went on. Fine, because cognitively I can dissonate that she she's fourth wall breaking in her head. Right. But any other existence out outside of her episode, she's what we see when it's not fourth wall breaking. Right. It, it, in some ways, the fourth wall is almost like an inner monologue. It almost really like, is almost like scrubs only instead of just hearing a voiceover, you know, of what JD's thinking about when he goes into his dream world or just his <laughs> general narration and voiceover. 
then you just you get her turning to the camera and going something you know yeah yeah um so i liked that i know that some some people find that off-putting um but anyone who's read the comics which spoiler i have not she breaks the fourth wall all the time uh yeah she's i think she was the first character to do it now that i think about it i think that she was the and this is where they need to bring deadpool in he needs to meet her uh because <laughs> deadpool i think came out in 97 three years after she hulk you know what's what's funny is is you know deadpool has become so popular but what a lot of people don't realize is just how recent a character he is he was at what developed in the 90s right 97 i think actually and i i think she hulk was developed in 94 no she was in the 80s was she in the 80s okay but still that's pretty recent for legacy comic book characters well i mean not everything <laughs> <laughs> you almost cut it all out. Bless you. <laughs> Not everything is, you know, going back to the golden age of comics, you know, where the character existed before World War II. True. And and as it shouldn't be, because, uh, you know, stories need to evolve. New people need to be introduced. It's just it keeps things right. fresher. Right. And, and then you have some of our favorite heroes actually started as villains at one point black widow hawkeye Zena. right you know uh Wait, was hawkeye was a like, villain i think he in was the at the very beginning of his existence hmm okay so, i mean the, some of the heroes who we now think of actually were bad guys or antagonists and you know like somebody like namor who's kind of a dick to everyone <laughs> in the comics right so you get very interesting things here when it comes to it and one of the things i liked about she hulk was that you know you see it in the first episode like she gets superpowers and then you know, Bruce almost expects her to go spidey, you know, like with great power comes great responsibility. And she's like, mm -hmm. dude, I'm already trying to make a difference as a lawyer, which <laughs> you got to respect, you know, she's literally not going out there like, oh, I've got these powers. Well, I guess I can go out and be a new superhero like right. everybody else. She resisted is the, the idea. Yeah, she resisted the idea a lot. And I like that, too. I like that she. It, which is interesting because there is a Spider-Man uh, parallel there where Spider, you know, Peter Parker wanted to live a normal life, but also have these powers and use them for what he wanted uh, to do good with that great responsibility. I mean, She-Hulk is using her great responsibility lawyering. And she doesn't want to be a superhero. I mean, it's an antithesis kind of parallel. You know what I mean? Yes. I do actually. It's it's pretty cool uh, because like she actually has a real job, right? Right, and she's actually good at it. So <laughs> she also has really shit luck. Well, yeah, um, and part of it is her own making, by the way. 
Which is fine, because she's not supposed to be perfect. No, I, the, the shit luck I mean is like she gets fired for being the She-Hulk twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And both times were things really not her fault. Yet did she lose her cool? When you get, like, slut-shamed and your entire personal life thrown out there, personal attacks almost... Happens I mean, to it, me every Wednesday. It... it Every Wednesday. I mean, they literally created laws about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, because Which it's, I'm it's, glad those laws are now out there because it's hard to believe that doing something like that was legal. Well, not legal, legal, but it was unregulated. Right. Uh, man. What this show did was it took it, it, it kind of took a, a um, it flipped the internet culture on its head it it exposed you know the online trolls it it trolled the trolls that was the, half the point of the series i disagree with their i understand what they were doing can we delve into that a little bit all right but the minute you start talking about phallic stuff i'm cutting you off no i don't want, i won't need to talk about it i'll just show it oh lord <laughs> Hey, Sigmund, not everything goes back to sex. Just remember right? that. Yeah, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Until it's a phallus. So, You're you canceled. went down this road. <laughs> you went down this road, not no, me. <laughs> I, I'm trying to set parameters. All right. I understand where they were going with the overly vociferous uh, fan, i.e. the internet trolls that they were referencing. However... They literally, not, they probably just showed live, you know, like tweets from people who were pissed that She-Hulk was getting a show in the first place. I, there was a lot. Well, here's the thing, and I'm not going to explain the internet movement about She-Hulk, because I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do really hard to try to understand what their perspective is, Okay. Or what other people are saying and the context of which they say it. She-Hulk is a legacy character in, in Marvel, right? What were one of the biggest things that they were talking about in the show? About these guys saying, I'm not saying she didn't deserve it, but she didn't earn it. And it's like, people accept She-Hulk. People love She-Hulk. And it wouldn't be around if it wasn't if she wasn't a successful book, you know? I know, but there literally were people who were doing the same complaining as the trolls in the show. I, I they were not that. My argument is that it wasn't the same complaining. There's a lot of it, I, and and obviously, I I cannot go through the whole internet oh, and God, say no. <laughs> and Look. say this is what they were complaining about. Obviously, obviously, you're right. To a certain extent, my perspective of it is they're more mad at criticisms that are legitimate rather than people who just blindly hate it for misogynistic purposes. Well, there's that's how they write it off. Well, there's some of each, but, you know, I mean, one of the things that like these people. Uh Oh, I I mean, (laughs) You have you have a culture of people who will tear down anybody and anything that's remotely 
positive. I mean, you Absolutely. see people, you know, it, trolling their, you know, their quote unquote friends on Facebook. And when they put something up, they have to put something negative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, I, you're kind of a, a general asshole about things. No, if I agree. Every time you comment on somebody's picture, it's got to be trolling. You can't ever have something genuine. Then that's you. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. Do I get sick and tired of, you know, the same, you know, like the people who at times do I get tired of the posts about what your run time was? Yeah, okay, maybe if it floods my page from time to time, but I'm also not going to go on and say, go on and say, "Hey, stop doing that. It's annoying because that's my thing." You know? Right. I I stopped getting into arguments online years ago because it's it's just not worth it. You know, the the only time I try to comment on people's pages is to try to happy birthday. You know, hey, happy anniversary. Hope you're doing well. Congratulations on the new job. Hey, great picture. Hope you got, you know, just trying to be supportive. There's, there's a All I try negativity to do is on the and make people laugh. Yeah. But your stuff is used, is not mean spirited. No, I make You're, fun of myself most of the time. Correct. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not opposed to being a little cheesy, but I mean, I, you know, I used to post about sports and then you'd get into an argument, like a legit argument on, like no way. Oh, I love the sports arguments. Uh, oh, they're God. so dumb. And the threads would go on for miles. By the way, just one back and forth between two people. That's it. <laughs> now, will I occasionally go on to a a a fan board and you know post eight comments? Well, some of which are legitimate queries and questions, and others, you know, are a little fun. But I'm just I don't get into the ongoing beefs where it gets personal. No. No, I agree. I, I did try not even to get into the COVID debate, even though I had significant <laughs> firsthand experience. You are one of the faces of COVID to many people around you. Well, true, but I went on a which basically sucks it was. I, a, I'm the most recent one to have COVID. I should be getting the sympathy. And see, there we are. <laughs> then you'll have that. I went on and had a, a discussion. You know, I. People, it was people who were arguing about whether or not the military could mandate the COVID vaccine. And I just went on and wanted to share my experience. Right. And just kind of explain why I thought the, the vaccine is a good idea and why, you know, I don't disagree with the idea of making sure. Because, like, if you deploy overseas... You had to get a uh, an anthrax vaccine. You had to get smallpox. That it would they were not options. You could not opt out of those. No. In fact, some some service uh, personnel were given uh, Ebola vaccines. Exactly. Uh, especially those that go to Uganda. I know yeah. someone who went to Uganda, and he was given an Ebola vaccine. Yep. And he's sitting here going, "I don't know what it does, but." <laughs> they documented that they gave it to me and they've been keeping tabs ever since. Mm. <sighs> yeah. We went but down a road. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where we're coming back to. Well, uh, and 
like I just real quick to finish up, like I just put out this point and then I had more than, hey, thanks for sharing your story or, you know, it, it, there was like people legitimately like, well, that's you. You're just part of like the one percent of people. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just trying to share my story. Very few. I got very few positive discussions. So I try not to yeah. do that. And, you know, it, that's why there's been there's a debate within the show. You know, should I tell Jen about these people? No, you shouldn't tell Jen, you know, what she doesn't know. And then against the know. intelligentsia. Yeah. Exactly. Which I know is a, a comic thing. It is. But they they had the representation of it resemble a, quote, Internet troll, which I don't I don't view him as a troll. I view him as a very mad critic. Who? Um, <laughs> well, his channel on YouTube is DVD Overlord, but his character's name is Dictor Von Doomcock. Is is that the guy who has like a like a red like the robot the red mask? mask. It, yeah, he wears a the robot robot voice? helmet. Yeah. And he modifies his voice. Yeah, he he plays a shtick. Like he he's like literally got a background where he's at the center of the earth, at a secret lair, future ruler of Earth. I mean, he he does this to because he's trying to entertain people. Um, and everything that they said in Intelligentsia was not anything he's ever said about She Hulk. Uh, I didn't. I I've seen him before, but he's. <laughs> He does kind of strike me as one of those guys who gets up in arms about. He does. He does. Like and there's anything, like a battle between like him and Mary Robert Sue's Meyer Burnett. Stuff like all these things that like he's someone who will call out like. He got hung up on the Reva character in Kenobi, right? And yeah, that that I couldn't see from a mile away. But we didn't like the Reva character either. Yeah, it's not just because she was a black woman. It wasn't because she was a black woman at all. I I, I don't <laughs> think they wrote the character. Let's be very as clear. Well. You said yeah. No, no, that, that that's not why we disliked. <laughs> I mean, and, and we said that in our Kenobi oh thing. Oh my god. I I think she's. I I haven't seen her in anything else, so I don't really have much to go on. Yeah, we have no I, comparison I, to see her her acting chops, but no, I, I and and I we have been very clear that it was the writing that made yeah. her acting terrible. It wasn't yeah. her, right? Like how she ends, like she goes on a rampage to to kill Luke Skywalker, and then doesn't, doesn't and then Kenobi's like, "You're good now," right? What? Uh, no, no. It, it was it was an unimportant character. That I mean, well, it could have been a very important character if character they did it differently. Kind of dead ends, like it, it. It did. Unless they show her somewhere else, the character basically goes nowhere. Exactly, and they and, didn't do that. They failed. Be, they failed yeah, the character. Exactly, and then you'd just be better off him being hunted by the Grand Inquisitor, who we've already seen. And the Inquisitorious, right. <laughs> not her. It just it it. I just felt that the character was not given a proper either. She like could have been of the something future. special. Yes, she could have been something 
exceptional in this show. And it just wasn't done well. And I feel I and I've said this, I think I don't know if it was on air, but I feel like with Kenobi, they said we've got a bunch of good brand recognition here, so we don't need to invest in the story. We just need to invest in plot, you know, plot points. Uh, Another rematch between Darth Vader and and and, uh, Obi-Wan done. And let's just get any writer that can, you know, put two words together. That's fine. But for Andor, the Andor, not a lot of brand recognition. And they got some of the best writers out there. Probably pulled them from uh, HBO's uh, first couple seasons of of, uh, (laughs) Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Probably pulled those those people. Some of them. Because, my God, Andor is fantastic. No, I've only seen the first three episodes. Oh, you are. I know. There are some blown away episodes that, by the way, some of those same internet trolls love Andor. Oh, maybe it's because it's led by a man. Oh, bullshit. Is it? I have no idea. Probably. I mean, the hate that Captain Marvel got, the hate that... Uh, a lot. There's a lot of hate for some of these female superhero Captain movies. Of, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier got a lot of hate too. That was a male. That was a male lead. Uh, not lead lead, but a male show showrunner. Well, I, I will say this: <laughs> a lot of the hate was directed at Wyatt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask because I'm gonna horribly disappoint you. U.S. agent. John Walker. Oh, yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> that poor man. He did. He looked like a punchable face with that mask on. I get it. But man, I liked him. I He endeared me. That no, character I endeared me. I, I couldn't stand him. You couldn't? No. Like, I, 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 that, that's I, he endeared soldier. me through his character arc. I didn't like him at first. No, I... I there were, there were things about how they set this character up that are completely implausible. Oh, okay. So, like, real-life stuff. I got you. Okay. L- let me put it to you this way. The guy, the, basically, they set up that he's, uh, he's still a captain after 10 or 11, you know, 10 years in the Army with three medals of honor. The guy would probably be a colonel <laughs> by that point because... If he's that good, he'd be... That you want to move that brain up. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's that. There's the, you know... Uh, and yes, we're kind of told... You know, we're kind of painted not to like him as much because he's kind of cocky. And they make the uniform look a little menacing. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously designed to be... To not be Steve. And he's... Designed to be somebody who we want to definitely make sure we root for Sam Wilson about. And I know we're talking about everything but She-Hulk. But, but I this mean, all goes to the point where I, uh, I had a problem with the writers in a lot of circumstances. Now, I've already sung praises to them about how I liked the episodic structure. Yep. Um, I, it wasn't a well done law show at all, but I appreciated where they went with it law wise. 
true. Uh, you but know, they admit I, I like that the... they had didn't have a single law professional on that writing staff. <laughs> so they tried to stay out of the courtroom as much as they could for a lawyer show, by the way. I know I did like some of the courtroom stuff and I'm not a, I, I don't watch a ton of legal shows and whatnot, but well, it was entertaining. You, well, for if starters, you think court goes that way. No, I would go to court all the time. Yeah, I, of course. <laughs> but of course it's TV and now it's superhero stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact of the matter is <laughs> one of the things that you do see here is consequences, which that's the, true. The the MCU, the Marvel, uh, Disney Plus shows, that's a big thing is showing the consequences of things that happen. I like that. I Hawkeye like that because was they had to think long term. Hawkeye was a, a lot about Clint coming to the, deal with the consequences of his time as Ronan. You have the Spider-Man movies, you know, dealing, you know, a lot of it dealing with the blip and then responsibility of what happened with spider-man and the consequences of the loss of tony stark mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean far from home is almost like an iron man coda <laughs> it is because uh, he's yeah. facing down villains who were wronged by tony stark in in the first movie of the mcu i mean <laughs> right you have so you have the consequences of what happened. You know, WandaVision was all about the consequences. You know, you have you know, the consequences of the loss of vision, the consequences of even Wanda's reactions, and you see that bleed over into mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. And that movie's all, all about consequences. That's true. That's true. And She-Hulk is dealing with consequences. Well, this is more the con- immediate these are consequences, consequences the of of, dri- of of driving with the Hulk. There's consequences. Uh, yeah, because the there's a fallout from Thor Ragnarok that that appears because we saw Sakaran ship, which caused the car accident, and that caused the laceration that got the blood into Jennifer's system. Um, let's talk cameos. Which, by the way, because of cameos, they really. I love the fact that she, in one of her fourth wall breaks, she does <laughs> criticize. She's like, don't worry, this isn't going to be all about cameos and guest spots. Yeah. Wait, is it? And then she starts rattling off, and this is like episode three. She's like, shit, it kind of is. Yeah, okay, well, it is. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the best cameo of all. Wong. No, oh. I'm sorry, Madison. <laughs> Wong and Madison, you could drop a couple of, you know, because they they did Groot shorts. If if the MCU wants to drop some shorts, a couple of Wong and Madison oh shorts. Oh my god, it would be wonderful. Four minute shorts, you know, something like that. <laughs> Madison with two N's and a Y, but not where you think it goes. <laughs> yeah, and that was. I thought I was going to hate her, and she just, she won me over, damn it. <laughs> well, it, the best part about it is, is it's, she could be a little much, but when you team her with Wong, 
epic. <laughs> who's he's, super who's super low key, by the way. He is possibly <laughs> the funniest guy in the MCU. Algebraically, algebraically they even out because he's super low key. She's super high, high octane. Like <sighs> Uh, in a in a personality. If she doesn't show up as either Wong's bestie or Wong's girlfriend in the next Doctor Strange movie, I will be very oh, we're disappointed. We're going to see him sooner than that. <laughs> I know, but still, she calls him Wongers. Wongers, I know. I loved it. I I flipping loved it. it they're talking about what <laughs> what do you have to drink? He's getting ready and he's dancing to the theme song of The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> you you know what my catchphrase is for the MCU. Uh we need more Wong. Yes, yes, that, that is a common lament for you. Because we need it, more it, Wong. Wong they give us just enough Wong. So By far the way, they have not overdone Wong. And he's been in everything in phase four. For the last for the last year. Spider Man oh no, Shang Chi. Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Doctor Strange, obviously, uh, and then <laughs> She-Hulk. That's four projects within the last nine months, ten months. Yeah. Well, uh, no, t- 13 months, sorry. But you know what I mean. <laughs> like, insane. It's insane. I know. Plus, you know. What's he been in? In um, what about seven or eight properties? Uh, properties, movies. Well, mo- or, or uh, Marvel, Marvel appearances. Marvel pro- productions. Okay, so he's two, got two Doctor, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange Two, Infinity War, Endgame, Endgame, then Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. No way home. Uh, no way home. So that's six. Uh, Doctor, she, and then and then She Hulk. So seven, seven appearances in different. He's he actually gets, he gets better. He's he's basically Phase Four Bill Coulson. He is. Oh my God, you're right. He totally is. <laughs> Whoa, my mind is blown. My mind is blown right now. <laughs> and, and the fact that he looks so serious and. and you know, I mean, but he had, I think he, he had, what was he in like three episodes of She-Hulk or two, two or three episodes? Three. He was in three, maybe four, but three, solidly three. Yeah. The best. Wong's the best. Capturing the demons and sending them back to the hell house, uh, yeah. you know, hell land, which is where Madison made a deal with the devil to get her. <laughs> Which could oh, be, which could be Mephisto, by the way. We don't, don't know. Forget, don't forget, he was also in What If. Oh, he was. Okay, so that's eight projects then. Mm-hmm. Dang. Wow. It's beginning, the years are beginning to blend together with all the different Marvel projects that have come out specifically for Disney+. Plus. Because Disney+, Plus has been around for only three years and 2020 was mostly a wash. 20, 21, 22. Yeah, because we're coming up on its three-year anniversary here next month. So, fair right. enough. God. Try me, Beyonce. 
Oh, speaking of Beyonce, not speaking of Beyonce, speaking of Megan the Stallion. Yeah. I actually random, enjoyed ra- Rammy, it. Rammy, uh, random cameo. I, I enjoyed her cameo. Not the twerking part, but I enjoyed her involvement in the case with this light elf, by the way. It's a light elf, not a dark elf. Did that you was catch that? Funny. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because uh, uh, there were light elves. Which I didn't know about. But apparently they're, 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 uh, you know, they have a, a oh gosh, um, a, a treaty with New Asgard. Not Earth, by the way, but New Asgard. And so they have to have an embassy there. Well, it, it's, it's funny, man. I tell you, <laughs> that, that, that one was a good, that, that, that was, that, that episode was ridiculous. The best was that she catfished the douchey former legal lawyer, partner. yeah, yeah, from what was it, the DA's office? Wasn't that where Jen worked? The DA, yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's it was funny, it was funny. I I thought it was well done. I I liked it. In that sense, I thought having Megan the Stallion show up in the courtroom as a, as a, an audience member, I thought that was good too. I felt the twerking where she looks like I'll do I'll do I'll do anything for you, Megan the Stallion. I felt no, that she was said a little over that the would top. kill for you. I would kill for you. Yeah, I felt that was a little over the top. That was a little much. If they had stopped the twerking or. She could have twerked. They could have twerked as long as she didn't say, I'll, I'd, I'd kill for you, Megan Lee Stallion. That felt too And also felt weird. a little out of character. but Very out of character, yes. Thank Needless you. Needless to say, still, overall, I'll give it a solid A. I mean, I'll give it a B plus. I thought it was great. A minus. I'll give it an A minus. It was um, good. That cameo. It was just enough, Megan Lee Stallion. I don't really yeah. know much about her. It's... Her music's not really something I generally listen to, but you no, know, I, I, hey, I thought great. it was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, it, it had fun. And by the way, the, what this show did with that episode, showing the light elves, showing Titania, she is was that so annoying? She was. I, I didn't. I didn't think Titania was very well done at all in this no, show. No, I didn't. But and I wasn't impressed with Jamila Jamil in this at all. And to be fair, the writing didn't allow her to redeem herself. No. Or to show her as being a good foil. She just was there and annoying. Well, they kind of She wasn't a good like, foil. Well, I mean, they kind of hinted during, like, all the pre-production that she was going to be, like, the main villain or one of the main villains. And she was really just more of an annoyance. Yeah, she was there, ever-present. And when she spoke loud, that's when we saw her, you know? Yeah. I mean, the the wedding episode. <laughs> what is she? Is she a mutant? Who, Titania? Yeah. Who the, who the hell knows anymore? She's a real character. I know. I just don't, I don't know. And the yeah. character got was kind of annoying, so I didn't care. She was kind of a down for me. I, see, I agree. See, seeing her get an her ass whipped as the at the wedding was pretty good though. It was it um, was refreshing. 
<laughs> oh my God. You, you almost had to feel for Jen. She's got an overbearing family, and she's she's invited to the wedding by a bridezilla, which I hate. <laughs> How I many bridezilla f- weddings have you been to? Uh, definitely one. Oh. Ooh. Um. But I, I just don't like the trope either, the bridezilla. Yeah, it's a little tired out. It's fucked out. It's it. It's. I don't. I don't it's, get. It's I old. Don't, I don't find it, it amusing. It's lazy. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just don't like pompous narcissistic people. <laughs> right. Well, and, and and that's the thing. Pompous narcissistic people do not succeed unless they are, provide such a valuable service. That they're allowed to be pompous and narcissistic. There might be and, only one I've ever found hilarious, and that was Tony Stark. Right. But and he, he deserved did, it. He was right. a, he was a genius. <laughs> but he was also a ginormous jerk. And but his whole growth through the MCU was you get to see the more human side of him. Right. He's still snarky. He's still pompous. He admits it. Uh, textbook narcissism. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of the, one of his best lines. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you agreed. Get to, you get to see him struggle with his anxiety. You get to see him be an emotional but wreck at times. He goes through it, a growth process. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Titania, I didn't see any of that. Well, there was just not <laughs> enough time with her. But no, so why also, have her at all? But again, like she's also an influencer, you know, who's doing products. I mean, Ugh. I know there's a lot of those out there, but I mean, she just wasn't likable. And no. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that that was the point. She's the complete Maybe. opposite of Jen. I, oh. I, I just I don't think the writers were competent enough to handle her. Maybe not, but again, if they wrote her to be the complete opposite of Jen, you have somebody who's trying to work hard to better society, and then somebody who seems like a bit of a drain on society. But that's boring. You want someone who's nuanced. That's a foil to Jen. Right. Which is it's funny because like, like her one equal of, in every way. You know not what the, the opposite. But you know what the criticism of, like, particularly some of the earlier MCU movies was the hero fights like uh, the mirror, their their evil mirror, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Captain America and the Red Skull, Iron Man and the Iron Monger. Hulk, the Incredible Hulk and Abomination, yeah, which we're going to talk about. Right. And Thor and Loki. Abomaste. Amaste. Obamaste. Oh, I got you. I saw what you that, did there. I didn't do it. It's in the show. I know. I missed that. Obamaste. <laughs> Which is, it's, 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 it's good. It's tongue in cheek. I like it. Uh, but don't forget Black Panther, too. Facing off yeah. with his cousin. True. But all of those are a product of that particular power. You know? Yes, Exactly. Like, you know, they created a sword and now there's a fight for that sword. Right. So I, I, I'm i OK with that 
setup. This as long as you do it once. Well, for the character. Once per character, yeah. Yeah, and and that's fine. And and for Titania, it was not that at all. Um, but I do like the idea of fighting your opposite to a degree. You know? I mean, you're equal. If, if if you watch if you watch some of the stuff on the Flash, yeah, does he fight a whole bunch of speedsters? Sure, but some of his foes were people who, like Cap, like uh, Captain Cold, Mister Freeze. They were all their Captain Cold was all designed to the cold to slow down his speed. Right. You know, the, the Time Master. You know, again, these are all things to counter the speed. So it's it's like the opposite kind of thing. It's like I am Oil Man. Here's Waterman <laughs> fighting. Oh. Oh. True. But, you know, again, force on force, right? The the fight. I mean, that, right. it, with, with the Hulk, yes, you have the mirror opposite of the abomination, but then you are your, your mirror in the abomination, but then you also have the opposite. One of his greatest foes was the leader, right? Who's like the super brain. Which we're going to see. They're bringing him back, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. Same guy. So, um, all this this She-Hulk stuff and and bringing back Emil Blonsky, which I want to talk about next. Um, and the talk about bringing back the, what was his name? The Thunderbolt Ross? No. uh, The leader? The leader, yeah. The leader and Thunderbolt Ross, because they want to use him for Red Hulk. All of this has made me finally buy the Incredible Hulk. Oh well, I you know I do enjoy the the fact that the Incredible Hulk is going back. I I, I like that it is it's finally being explored, and uh, good good too because most of the Avengers are gone, so we have this legacy Avenger who has his own stuff going on now. Which mm-hmm. I think is great. That's a good transition in phase five now. Right. And you know what? What this does is it helps solidify the Hulk's backstory and origin and stuff. So he's not like the only guy who's just kind of sitting out there twiddling his thumbs. Right. I mean, and they they gave they gave the Hulk a, a trilogy, you know, storyline within other movies with the Avengers and everything, which was good. Um, but now it feels like they're more emboldened. I don't, I, I think that Universal's losing their, um, the rights on the Hulk pretty soon. I hope they do lose it because it just, it sucks. It's and, really weird. The long term rights that they have on the, on the Hulk. It's, it, it's really long. At least Sony, Sony has to make a Spider-Man movie every four years. For their contract to work or every two and a half years or something. Yeah. You know, there, there's. I just. Yeah. But I, when it comes to She-Hulk, you know, you, you. I do like the fact that one of her very first cases is to defend Emil Blonsky. And uh, what was it? His parole hearing? It was. For, yeah. To argue for parole. And he's a changed I, man. I do enjoy the fact that she immediately stands up and says, this is a serious conflict of interest, you know, so you're now getting her legal principles 
And, and of course, the guy's basically threatening his her job, but he's way, you know, and but uh, what's his face there? The you know, uh, um, Blonsky waved his, you know, hey, I accept that there's a conflict of interest, and she calls Bruce, and he's like, nah, we're okay. You wrote me haikus. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, he wrote me a very nice letter, and, and the, that stuff is in the past. I liked that. I liked that evolution. And, and Tim Roth has played a bunch of dicks in his career. It's really nice to see him in this kind of healing namaste guru. Well, he's goofy. Yeah. In this, so it's yeah, kind of different. Yeah, he's goofy here. <laughs> I mean, he was, oh my God, I, I really wish Sam Jackson had just shot his character in the face in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> couldn't stand him you know he was the bad guy in rob roy he was the i mean he's uh, he was the bad guy in the mark Wahlberg planet of the apes movie he's he's played a lot of bastards and bad guys and villains and stuff mm-hmm. and you know who blonsky was in the incredible hulk was so he was dark. hardcore yeah, he was a hardcore dude. But you know what? Like when they British said, British special special forces. He was Army? SAS. <laughs> on, he was SAS on loan to the U.S. military. Okay. And then you know SAS. the SAS. The SAS, yes. Special what, Air Service. That? Oh, okay. It's Thank that's you. that's their special forces. So, but I mean, I, he tells his stories. Like you know, I. I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, they brought me. I thought I was going to be the next Captain America. You know, I was a soldier. Your government did this to me. And, you know, he brought up a good point. And I it's a liked, very valid point. I liked hearing this side of the story. And then, of course, he's. He's just so mellow now. <laughs> and he's got his groupies. The seven <laughs> the women in white. Yeah, the they're seven all, women and white. The seven soulmates. Yeah, which is hilarious. Seven. And then, you know, because he, uh, it, it was also, oh, it was, it was the jailbreak from Shang Chi. So this is basically a sequel to Shang Chi as well, because yeah. the underground fight club there, and they're like, I think that's what it was. It wasn't a parole. It was because he was accused of breaking out of prison. It was originally a parole hearing, but then it was brought up. Right. Someone right. leaked someone leaked the footage of him in uh, That's right. It was not Manila, but it was in Marabar or what was yeah. the city in It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because of an M, I think. Oh, uh yeah. Anyway, it was uh so yeah. <laughs> and he's like no, I swear. Like a wizard let me out, and they're like, "Oh, come on!" And so that's when you get Wong. Wong comes in, and you know, he's trying. He's like, "Ah, the book of Cagliostro." No, the book of American legal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the, book. the book of Vishanti, which was which was the book in in the multiverse of Man- madness. Right. You know all of this. Yeah, <laughs> I did like that refreshing. Seeing Wong post Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I that that felt nice. It was it was good to see a continuation like that, so seamless. 
Well, they, they like, hint at it. But I love what uh, what her um, uh, her, her uh, paralegal, right? Who, who's looking up his like what was it, his like LinkedIn profile or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It's like what was it? Didn't he work at like Best Buy or something? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah. It's all the way down. It's hilarious. It's so good. It's, it's so absolutely good. hilarious, and it just says it just says Wong. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't his name Benedict Wong? The actor's name is Benedict Wong. Yeah, his real name. <laughs> and it, it's it's just so good. He's just so damn funny in it. And then he shows up and he finally, you know, gives his testimony in front of the board. And they're like, you do realize that breaking him out of prison is illegal. And he's like, yep, yeah, bye. And he just yeah. closes the portal. <laughs> He's like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Until he comes back. What is it? Was it the next episode where he comes back to file a, a like a cease and desist against this this and washout? Madison, the, yeah. Yeah. And could, and then he has to like take all the, the, the sprites or the little mini doubles back to the realm and stuff. Right. So one of the things I do like is you can sometimes worry with all these people that the main character will get lost in it. But fortunately, I feel that She-Hulk does not get lost when they bring in these. She, she has great in. interaction. Yeah, she gets has great interactions with all of the the legacy characters or the pre-existing characters. You know, it it it's fun. Yeah, she gets brought in to to fight these demons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, right in the middle of not like she has any expertise to be able to do it, but she, you know, can't be hurt. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) So I I, I like that. I enjoy the fact that she did the speed dating, or no, not the speed dating. They, they, her, her dating profile she was was getting nowhere, so she put the she hulk in. Yeah, she she was she hulked down and. Uh, that I found disappointing because I didn't like the idea. And I'm going to get old man McKay here for a second. And I'm not going to say this is because I'm a father, because I genuinely would feel like this if I was 18 as well. I didn't like the idea that she was out there on the prowl. Like, I mean, I understand she's out there to find a relationship, but her actions we're not conducive for a relationship. You know what well, I, I mean? You know, you know. She didn't hook up with everybody. She went to these dates. No, that like, I, and, and I am she, not implying like, that in any way, shape, nope, or form. Nope. Although she did get, probably she got more action than maybe anybody in the MCU, maybe minus Tony Stark. Maybe. and I mean, but when, I mean, she was hook, line, and sinker on the doctor several sentences into the dinner, and it, they didn't even get their food yet. Well, they painted him to be kind of like a nice guy. And then he's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of shallow. He's only well, into her because she's which She-Hulk. would have been which would have been sussed out if she didn't give it up right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't blame just, somebody felt... who's just looking for a connection, too, though, because her entire life is turned upside down. She gets fired <sighs> from her job. People won't hire her. You know what? She Hulk turned Valid. her life upside down. So I mean, look, and plus it is what it is. it's also a whatever nine episode show. So 
all valid, all valid. All I'm saying is I saw that her behavior was destructive to her personality. Well, which is what the whole personal point behavior is definitely a key in the MCU too. True, true. It's just, I found it heartbreaking. It just it bothered me because oh. number one, one guy she connected with was like, "Oh, I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in the Hulk." Yep. Okay, and then and then the one guy that seemed really nice at the wedding was a spy, and then leaked and all. Did they do several dates? They did a montage of like day by day. They went out a bunch of times, like three or four times. Okay, well then that's a tragedy then because you're right because right, he was in for the week or something like that. So they had a date every night or something. Yeah. No, that's good. That that's a good point. That I found tragic. I found tragic that she connected. It with was something. creepy. It was awful. Think of, it's it was really awful. bad. I mean, it was really he videoed it. And then he leaked it. It's, I mean, it's it's sleazy I, it, behavior. It, it sickened me that she was such a victim of, of that. Like, what I you, didn't like that at what all. What was a little disappointing was that you didn't see that twerp get his comeuppance either. No, you're right. She got comeuppance for, for the leader. You know, the fucking dude who was like, oh, you're a specimen. Yeah. The Wakanda, you know, was it Wakanda forever? Yeah. Oh, dude, you can't. No, nope, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, sorry, you can't do that. Was, yeah, all of that was bad. Yeah. So, uh, so that was my initial reaction with the speed dating thing. I didn't, I didn't find it constructive to her personality, and I it it, it well it, it wasn't, wasn't all like it did speed was dating as in speed dating. I speed dating know as in, you know the timeline of the show. I understand. I just I did I found it destructive to her and it made me sad for her because I, I I knew it wasn't going to work out well yeah. and I didn't I didn't like that being inflicted upon her right and then she kind of like pumped the brakes on all that right I mean even when these guys were brought in uh, in her trial oh my god yes to, to reclaim you know to, because of the Titania trying to brand her, her garbage stuff as yeah, She-Hulk, and then she basically has to trot out her <laughs> past past dalliances, <laughs> which, which it was I an found interesting... especially hard to watch too. Because again, I didn't want to see her go through that. I genuinely liked her. I liked her a lot. It's... And when I see someone that I really like, I don't like to see them go through that. That torture agreed i mean so that was a tough that was a tough watch for me true but you know it wasn't a tough watch daredevil definitely daredevil that was great <laughs> you knew it was coming they teased the helmet yep and then <laughs> you get him coming into court boom boom, boom. Late, by the way. The leapfrog Sorry, guy was part spot. <laughs> the leapfrog guy was such a tool. I and he's a real character in the in the Marvel comics. All of these like D list dudes that she met at the fucking uh, retreat apparently, were all characters too. They're I all guess terrible characters, but they're characters. All awful. And they 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 demonstrated that. 
but (laughs) all right let's talk about daredevil number one i flippin loved that they were setting up the hallway fight scene like from the netflix oh he did have a hallway fight scene he started it and then she hulk finished it pretty quick well he kicked like three four dudes ass and then more dudes showed up and then she's like boom i kind of like how they like argue about it and all this i like that too i like that too i thought um i i liked the callback and you heard the you heard the the daredevil theme song when he goes i'm daredevil like (laughs) uh and the really the only issue i had with it was okay no let me talk about something i really loved I loved the fact that Daredevil was so agile against her movements. Like he just he 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 heard it slash sensed it and he could move. Mm-hmm. He was two steps ahead of her every step of the way when when strength didn't count. Yeah. And he was dodging her every every way and annoying her and almost as fast as her just because she didn't have the dexterity that he had. By the way, let's do a callback to the first episode of She-Hulk when the Hulk didn't have the same dexterity that she had. Correct. So let, let's point that out, guys, and be like, oh, okay, there's a guy that's more dexterous than She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, like the clap. Oh, and then he, but she got him with the clap, and he's yell, screaming because his ears are a source of his his one input. of the sources yeah one of his one of the sources and i loved that i thought that was great and then she takes his helmet off and he's not here's the problem i had he's not in any way like nervous that other people are around he's like yeah it's me jen come on now <laughs> it's well, this, this guy version of matt murdoch was just a little bit more loose, which I like. Very loose. And that's who Daredevil really is. Apparently. Needless to say, Charlie Cox has been killing it as Daredevil, and I'm so glad he's back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I like the fact that they they flirt even while they're fighting. They're arguing. Yeah. They, they, they talk legal strategy. They had, <laughs> the yeah, as, the as they're fighting. They had good chemistry the actors had good chemistry the characters were were pretty well written together mm-hmm. and you know what they make a fun couple they did i i i was very happy to see him come back for the finale well they literally dropped him in there out of nowhere. <laughs> they did and we're going to talk about that in probably a second but i mean i and let's talk about the walk of shame. That um, was so fucking funny. I, I will agree. I think that that was... It was out of character for Daredevil, but this whole show was out of character for Daredevil well, in that let, sense. Let's, let's not forget, though, this is L.A., so I'm sure somebody... Dude walking by in a devil costume? And, oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, this brings me to the other point that I, w- I was trying to bring up with Titania. Um, this show is the First in the MCU to show the wider world of crazy superpowered beings. Yeah. Like Earth suddenly has a whole bunch of shenanigans going on. Well, it's kind now. of like what Vision said in 
uh, Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. You know, it just it, it their powers beget other powers, and also everybody's trying to get powers, which is basically the point of you know the 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 aborted <laughs> plot line. Right. With, uh, <laughs> the, the douchey uh, Hulk King dude. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Which, okay. So that was my observation for that. Let's talk about the finale. Speaking of the finale on, by before itself. We, before we do that. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed the, I didn't think I was going to, but I did actually like the uh, group therapy session. Yes, at, I loved that. At, I thought it was fantastic. At, at Blonsky's retreat. Yeah. And, you know, it, it looked for a while, you know, all the way through to the end of the season, it kind of looked like, you know, Blonsky maybe isn't dealing fairly with us, you know, like he had ulterior motives. <laughs> and the the fact of the matter was, he really didn't. He, he didn't have ulterior. No, he was genuine the whole way through. I liked that. Yeah. I liked that a lot. I, I thought I thought it was fun to see a man be rehabbed. And be true to that rehabbed self. That was refreshing. Yeah. It was because he was so funny. Yeah. As it, and you know what? He, I love the circle where he's working with them on all and all these. <laughs> but we saw all these people, some with powers, some with uh, psychological hangups. Yeah. You know, and he treated them both equally. With the same methodology, you know, <laughs> with the porcupine. Are you ready to have that suit come off? <laughs> maybe, maybe don't take all this the suit off right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't take it all off right now. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. It was it was fun, and of course, then you get your main character have a breakthrough, and they literally they these weirdos. And former villains are legitimately helping helping her get over a, a, a basically a breakup. So yeah, yeah, that's kind true. of helping her rebound her confidence, even though they trashed her car. <laughs> but that was good, oh. and that leads that leads us back to the final, though. Which, by the way, the very end of the penultimate episode where. Jen goes to the award ceremony, and then that's where the Hulk King and Intelligentsia drop all of this stuff. That was fucked up. I mean, it's it was. I agree with that. It was designed to be. Uh, and again, I hated seeing her go through that because I genuinely cared about her. I just felt like she. Well, okay. I and this is what I felt at the time, but when you explained to me about the timeline with the the wedding guy it's a little different right. now i yeah. just felt like i felt like she was putting herself out there in all the wrong ways you know look she went through a huge upheaval in her life her entire world was turned upside down so you know she's learning to be she wants to be who she was but she can't be right agreed so I mean, but it's it's bound. These major life changes are bound to fuck anybody up. Believe me, I just went through a hu several huge changes in the last year alone. No, I I, I can absolutely agree with that. And, and um, 
So, are we ready to move on to the final episode? Well, we we kind of have to. <laughs> so, but yes, I'm ready. All right. Number one, I mean, assuming everyone who's listening has already seen it, we don't really need to go do a play-by-play. No. Which we haven't been doing for the season, but... What are your thoughts on a grade scale of the series, the season finale? Well, it it went completely off the rails, which, of <laughs> course, we respect here at those sci-fi guys, because if it's done right, we go completely off the rails. Uh, probably about every eight to ten episodes. We're not a scripted show. <laughs> no. But, of course, this was scripted going off the rails, which I respect. It was not it was not the usual ending, which I appreciate. I will give them plus for originality on that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got a big kick. About, I thought it was going to be – I thought it was actually going to be Feige. I loved the fact that she has to talk to, like, this sentient uh, video camera that kind of looks like it's wearing a baseball cap the way Kevin Feige always right. does. Right. Huge kick out of that. A-E-V-I-N. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was smart. It was tongue-in-cheek. And then, of course, then she gets to just riff on all of the shit from a Marvel, the Marvel formula, which I, I found funny. I thought she broke, that was interesting, too. She When she literally timeouts when all the people start showing up for the final fight. Yeah. And here's the thing, what I do like when she does get, you know, and of course she, she makes a deal. I won't, you know, she'll wear an inhibitor, won't, won't turn into She-Hulk anymore. That's kind of how she gets to get out, but she loses her job. She has to move back in with her family, which by the way, Larry Appleton is her dad. Was pretty, was pretty, he's a good dad. He's a good, he's a good dad. He's a good, he's a good dad. dad. I love, dad. I love it when he's like, he takes the hose out to the reporters. He's like, get off my lawn, leave my kid alone. Yeah. And he's like, turn the hose out. That's a good dad. Him. That's a good dad. I respect a good dad. Yeah, <laughs> good dads Which will was, respect good dads. Yeah, it was. A, it, it's fun, you know. Like some of these background characters who are just—they're like her assistant. What's her name? Nikki. Uh, I think it is Nikki. Yeah. Her paralegal. Always have her yeah. back. Always. I and, thought you she know, was great. Her lawyer too. Man, she she was tough. I thought she was great too. I yeah. I, I loved that. Her lawyer is her equal, right? By the way, that's her antagonist. That is well, that is the, the woman that should have been her antagonist in 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 the comics somewhere. Probably because I, I have a very limited knowledge of the comics history, but I thought that she was Jennifer's equal. It just it, but they were antagonistic in their different goals. Oh yeah, no, it was it was quite good. Um, so yeah, no, I I really liked it. Uh, it was fun. Nikki, yes, it is Nikki, her her best friend and paralegal, right? So yeah, you know what? Pug was fun too. Undyingly loyal. <laughs> yeah, Pug was fun. He was a doofus. A fairly capable lawyer, though. Fairly capable lawyer. I wish he wasn't a doofus, though. I wish I wish he was a competent man, which I guess. OK, he's now character, let, me, he's a, let he's me step a back. Let me step back and explain why I think he was who he was. 
if he was a decent, attractive guy with a decent personality, there would have been no choice but to have Jennifer fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Probably. They had to give him a, a quality that Jennifer would have found repulsive, and he was a doofus. She didn't find him repulsive. She just kind of friend zoned him. She didn't him find him. She didn't find him attractive, but he was right. a good-looking dude. Yeah, and but, but his personality was not attractive to her, and they apparent, had to just demonstrate that. Apparently, in the comics, he has a unrequited crush on Jen Walters, but is oh, very yeah. loyal to her. Yeah, but he's he she, he got friend zoned immediately. Well, uh, I, it I wasn't of, established that he has a crush on her in the show, so no, it wasn't. He just became a friend. He was an ally to her, yeah. and he was friendly to her. He's a good guy. He's hey, a good guy. Bit hey, of a for, doofus. For him to go into the intelligentsia to help yes, break it he up, was certainly that, giving, doing her a solid. That's more than an ally. That's a friend. Yes. <laughs> I just, But he's a doofus, which is why they had he's to make sure. He's a little sure... goofy, and that's okay. Most yeah. sidekicks are supposed to be a little goofy. He's he's definitely right because they don't steal they don't steal from the the limelight. That's he's the definitely point. a bit of sidekicky, but he was he was fun. I've, and, I, I've already explained it. <laughs> so so she has a good team to rally around her when she goes in, and then she's like, it's it's kind of like watching it would be like watching an African American person walk into a Klan meeting when she walks into the oh yeah the street. It's like oh yeah. Like, oh, oh my yeah. god, it's her. <laughs> but the, then Blonsky comes out. He's like, you need to regain your power as the abomination. She's like, holy shit, he's in on this. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not in on this. I'm just I'm just renting here. This is all about money, man. I'm just trying to make a buck. <laughs> you know? He's like, he's like, I don't believe these guys. And actually, when things start to go nuts, and hit, then he's like trying, like when Bruce gets randomly dropped. After that's my cousin. He's like, oh, wait, yeah. hold on. We're... There's a big misunderstanding here. Yeah. It's, it does, it's he, not he started, what it looks like. Yeah. He started to sound like Korg. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. And then they I... literally, it, it's, it's literally, they just went ahead and all these characters who will show up randomly in the climax of things at times, I'm here to, you know, they just kind of just, rather than, you know, they just play up it. For laughs here oh here comes the hulk oh hey titania's here wait why and, oh 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 and they just drop it there right yeah she's like wait why is it at night boom that's day she keeps calling all the shit out which is funny and then she's like she pauses it and then she literally breaks the fourth wall and climbs to the disney plus screen and then breaks into the behind the scenes stuff to go talk to kevin there's like no you can't do that you have to talk kevin no one talks to Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Okay, was, can I get my perspective? Yeah, go ahead. It was I fun. didn't like the finale. Okay. I didn't like it. Everything you said was valid in and of itself for its individual moment, right? hmm I argue that putting it all together that way, where... It's coming up to this penalt- uh, this ultimate meeting where everyone gets together and fights off. But then she jumps out of the show and argues with Kevin. I feel like that negates everything that this show was building up towards. Mm. Now, I liked 
her talking to Kevin. I liked her getting out of the show because, oh. again, did she you, literally did got you want out them of the to comics. basically like restart it or something. No, no, it just I didn't feel like it was executed well, but I, she literally in one comic book, she literally went from panel to panel like they drew her doing that. Which is what they did with the Disney Plus panel. Well, they, they also good. drew That's her calling call out the writers for bad writing. In which, not by only the in way, the TV show, but also in the comics. Right. Which, by the way, the writers were bad at this. This was not well done. I understand where they were going with it. Well, it was a but, little clunky. I'll give you that. Uh, and I, I just, I just, it was too clunky for my taste. Not to shit on you and liking it. Trust me, I, I'm not. I'm not I, saying that. I enjoyed it. Do I say it's high cinema? No, but at least it was different. <laughs> Again, I, I appreciate where they were going with that. Yes, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like it. However. When they did the reset, when she comes back... Okay, no, actually, hold on. When she's in the real world, I didn't like that she was beating the shit out of all those Disney security guards. Because those are technically real people. I didn't like that. It it, it very much reminded me of um, when Black Widow breaks into Hammer Industries. Yeah. But that's different. Black Widow's not super-powered in the sense that she has super-strength. She she technically is not as strong as those guys, but much more skilled. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I get where you're coming from. I just I, it felt like those by the way, those are innocent security guards. They're by rights as employees of Disney. Good people because you have to pass a background check to be a security guard for Disney. You have to pass like, a background check to be a security guard in most places. I agree. I know, but I'm just being specific here. Like, so these are good people. These are probably people who have families. And one guy got his fucking face smashed by She-Hulk because she wanted to talk to the boss. I've... Trust me, if you've ever really wanted to have it out with your boss, you'd smash a few security guards. Ow, oh, you're making excuses. I, I well, get it's it. it's a TV show, so... <laughs> I just I didn't like that because the the MCU deals with a certain amount of realism, right? Generally, they try. And 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 how much more real can it be than her walking across the Burbank Disney property, (laughs) which was technically the place where Disneyland was supposed to be, by the way. Um, But I drove by the animation department all the time. Uh. I mean, it couldn't be more real. That took me out of it. It took me out of it. Her talking to Kevin by itself, I thought was an enjoyable concept. But again, I kind of like how he's like, could could you change back? Really yeah, costs a it lot costs of money. money. Yeah. He's like, do I do right? <laughs> but do like, it off screen. Off screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that meta humor? I liked that, too. I mean, I liked that. I just. The show was trying to build up to the super meta ending. And I don't think they did it appropriately. Now, ask me how I would fix it. They didn't do it appropriately or they didn't do it well. There's a difference. They didn't do it well. Yeah. They didn't do it well. Now, ask me how I would do it well. Do you? Could you do it well? I don't fucking know. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> she, she had a couple of really good lines in there. It's like, 
what are we getting? The X-Men. The X-Men, yeah. Like, and then she points to the camera like, ah, ah, ah. But, she, but she, he's like, yeah, that, that's classified as basically what he said. She's like, but this is what we're hulks. We smash things. Bruce smashes like buildings and bad guys. And I smash the fourth wall and the patriarchy. And sometimes Matt Murdock. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I liked that too. That was funny. I, I, I again in and of itself by itself I'm fine with it but it just wasn't put together well yeah it was a little clunky I'll give you that and I clunky. freaking loved the final scene by the way I loved the 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 backyard cookout Me I too. loved that Matt, oh, yeah. Matt Murdock was there oh and, see he's a, he's a where they're finally not like oh well this tool of a cousin is getting a promotion now right. it's finally <laughs> yeah i liked i liked i liked it and 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 that there's a, a potential future for seeing the both of them which by the way i guess i guess she hulk is gonna be in daredevil reborn hey that's great yeah i heard that and that's uh, yes i've heard that too and i enjoy i look forward to that i like them as a couple i like them a lot as a couple yeah. And it's appropriate too. Mm-hmm. And then seeing Hulk, Bruce, with his son's scar <laughs> from Sucar. Which apparently is from the comics. Yep, it is definitely from the comics. That's part of World War Hulk. Yep. Or, um, which is what Ragnarok started. Yeah. Uh, so I well, guess we'll. was an homage to a little I bit. I don't know when we're going to find out more about this, but I guess we will. In Thunderbolts. We'll find more about it in Thunderbolts. Yeah, but that's like two years away. But it's, they, I mean, it's going to be Harrison Ford, Sebastian Stan. It's going to have the Red Hulk. It's going to have Scar. It's going to have Hulk. It's going to have She-Hulk. Maybe. We don't know it's going to be a mini Avengers film. Maybe. It will. It will it's, be. It's, it's basically their Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I think they're going to fight each other. Just like the Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. So Look, we're, We'd all be lying if we said there weren't fucking rip-offs and carbon copies of characters no. between the DC and Marvel. And that's fine. Okay. Thanos was I, technically a rip-off of Darkseid, so. He was. Yeah. And, but Aquaman was a rip-off of Namor. Right. Namor was technically the first Marvel character. Sure. You know. But but it's fine. You know, it's fine. Because I love, like, Superman and I love Captain America. You know, I like Batman. But I also like, you know, Tony Stark. So it is what it is. You know, you enjoy what you like. But when it boils down to it. What, well, you know, you get you get the ran, you get the random Bruce cameo, which is fine. More Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk is is good. We've been waiting for more because <laughs> even as a Hulk, he's still fucking awkward. Yes, he is, and and that's great. That's good because it shows the character coming through to that. Right. So hey, everybody. Now Bruce <laughs> back is like this, yeah. And and, it's, it's, and it, by that, the way, we have to re- be reminded that that's his family too. That's like his aunt and uncle. Like right. <laughs> I know, which is it's funny. It's Matt Murdock does. He's just, 
your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that was our first introduction to Daredevil with the Hulk, an, an original Avenger. Well, that yeah. I liked. Now I liked that we have... didn't see them in the same screen. Yeah, but you, you know, officially absorbing that Netflix stuff, which apparently Charlie Cox has said they're the same Daredevil. They are. They're just kind of like doing a mini reboot about it. Like you know, soft reboots happen know. all the time. Just look at Spider-Man. They that moves Spider-Man from South, Southern Hell's Kitchen to Northern Hell's Kitchen. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because it's so much different. And this time, Karen is being played by uh, Fel- the. Oh. I was gonna say Felicia Rashad, but that makes no sense. I know that was the first name that came to mind. That was really weird. I know. <laughs> is, is, isn't Deborah Wall coming back? Is she not coming back? No confirmation. She uh, wants to. She wants hey, to. But there's no but, confirmation. But but Foggy Fulton is coming back. Is he? Has it yeah. been established? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay. I all right. You know, I didn't even realize he was the dude from the Mighty Ducks. You didn't know that? Not, not well, not until like about a year ago. Oh my god! As soon as he came on screen in 2015, I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from Mighty Ducks." Well, he like, just <laughs> looked so much different. I mean, yes, granted, it was also like 15 years later, uh, but 23, 20, 20, 20, 23, well, whatever, maybe 20 years between the last Mighty Ducks movie he was in and then Daredevil. No, the 98. So yeah, 17. Yeah, I mean, 18. But I mean, didn't he have like dark hair then? He was blonde. He was just a little uh, foggy. Was a little punchy, you know. I mean, <laughs> I like Foggy. He crushed it as Foggy. I look. Forward, I loved him as Foggy. Yeah. I look forward to him coming back. So. Agreed. Um. Okay. So that being said, letter grade, overall series, what do you give it? A minus. A minus. A minus. Okay. I'm I, I got a little bit of a quandary. Let me guess you're 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 rating it as uh 72%, but you're giving it a B plus. <laughs> you're close. I want to give it a B, but I feel a but I don't feel it deserves a B, but I don't feel it deserves a B minus. I don't think it deserves either. I believe it deserves higher. I think it deserves I, a B plus on, on the max scale. I think it deserves a B plus. I'm going to go with B. I think I might be over generous on that. It's just the the last episode. I oh, had a problem. With troll. It. I just had, I had a problem with the okay, last episode. Okay. I'm just saying I had a problem with the last episode. It wasn't executed well. That's all. I freaking loved everything else about it. Come on now. Or most of it. I, I mean, genuinely, most of this review is positive. Yeah, it was a good show. Hey, dude, at least this finale, this finale isn't these are the voyages or the We're game, two or middle-aged the, white dudes, by the way. Like, and we liked the show. Apparently, the show wasn't meant for us, but apparently I didn't, you know. We, we the, went the against the memo. The show is meant for people who actually <laughs> care you know, we liked it. We cared for it. We watched it. I was excited for it, you know? I was too. I, I mean, so again, I, 
I, I'm allowed certain criticisms. Of course you are. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it was good. I'll call Actually it good. Actually conflicted. So, all right. Well, on that if, note, if you it, believe that it's good, maybe not great, but if you believe it's good, it's at least a B. I will genuinely rewatch episodes, unlike uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight was weird. Um, yeah, I do want to see how he fits in going forward. The rewatchability uh, of Moon Knight and Falcon and the Winter Soldier is tough. Oh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would rewatch, but that's just me. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, the, you can admit Moon Knight's a tough rewatch. I feel like Vi- uh, WandaVision's a tough rewatch, too. Well, if you watch the first, uh, the rewatch of the first couple episodes probably aren't too bad because they were pretty yeah. damn fun. Hints of darkness, but generally pretty fun. Later on, like it's, episodes four through the end. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I won't lie, it, it is it, tough. It's tough. They 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 pull the heartstrings on you. Yeah, um, boner. Uh, but you know, <laughs> boner. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, the fact that they are pulling so many people from the other Marvel projects, like kind of almost reintroducing. They reintroduced Daredevil. They reintroduced Kingpin. They reintroduced Black Bolt. Yeah. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Well, and I told you offline that Disney is working out a deal with Patrick Stewart to get his likeness for uh, Dr. Xavier. Like like they did with uh, um basically all the main actors for the MCU. Like, they've all owned their likenesses for future MCU projects. Right, so that it, they can be shown they can, in they a scan them. Or, or, yeah, gotcha. Do a hologram. Like, they scan their, like, they basically do a full body scan, and that's what they've done with every major actor. Chris Evans, um, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth. He- Hemsworth. All the Chris's and yeah, Chris Downey Jr. <laughs> yes, Chris Downey Jr. They've done all these scans on all of them so they could bring them back with minimal work from the actor, if anything, or God forbid they pass away, which I don't want to live in a world without Patrick Stewart, even though he's a terrible producer. <laughs> you just need him acting. I rewatched Redemption one and two. Mm hmm. My God, it was it was a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece. I I never saw Redemption one. Every time I saw it come on, I I was I don't like Klingon stories. I've told you that. I've said that before. I don't remember you saying that. Yeah, I I was never motivated to see it. Redemption one is the only Star Trek The Next Generation episode I never watched all the way through. I finally rewatched it all the way through, and I'm sitting here going, "What? This is awesome!" And why? why it, uh, the Klingon stories in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine were excellent. Most Deep Space Nine Klingon stories were great. Yeah, the TNG Klingon stories I found boring. They got better. They figured out how to tell it better. Yes. Yeah, or they I figured mean, out how to tell it better for a twelve-year-old. 
<laughs> because it takes an intelligence and a maturity to watch Redemption one and two to, to oh, understand what's sins going on. Of the father. And it is fantastic. Sins of the father is a brilliant, brilliant writing. All, yes. all brilliant writing. Just just fantastic. We're getting off topic, but we should probably wrap it up. We've given our grades. We've talked about how <clears throat> we overall we like the episode, the, the show. I would like to see more. As would I. And of course, she's signed on for future projects, which is good. I do like well, you how kind of have to now. <laughs> I do like how he teased her. Kevin teased her about being in the Avengers. He's like, I'll be in an adventure. Or it's like a movie. He's like, no, he's like, oh. no, <laughs> yeah. it's like well played, Kevin. Yeah, I liked it, too. Uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, I look I enjoyed this. This is the last big project until. Secret Invasion. Mm. Next year trailer just dropped. Looks really good. I'm very Spike curious thriller. how they're going to do it, because like. Last we knew the scrolls were friendly. Not all the scrolls. Well, so that then shows that there must be some civil war somewhere. Exactly. Very easy to do. Very easy to be done. I mean, think about it. The scrolls as a nation were persecuted because they were viewed as a threat. Now, not all of them are going to want to like run away in, in, in a passive life, you know, way like most of them probably but some of them are going to take such resentment and fight back and show their quote superiority yeah very easy that's just human nature you know what uh i think it's good obviously we get sam jackson back as nick fury you get colby smulders is back as uh maria hill yep looks like you get martin freeman as um, Agent yeah. Ross, which nice. We uh, see him in, oh, uh, and oh, and he'll Forever's be and he will be here in Wakanda forever. And I really do want to see that movie. It hasn't captured me. I'm curious. There's no Chadwick Boseman in it, and I, I'm kind of not into it because I, of that. I know. I, I know I'm, that's well. I mean, at this point, I, I, I think at this point, I'll watch almost anything with Angela Bassett in it. And I should give credit for that. She's because wonderful. I it kind of looks like she's getting more to do in this movie. Yeah, I mean we've all established Shuri. That's going to be uh, right. And the, the Black Panther, right? Shuri was good. You know, I know there's been some issues with the actress, but we'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see how they do the whole Namor thing. Obviously, Martin Freeman's going to be back in that as Everett Ross. I wonder if we might get a Sebastian Stan cameo because of his connection to Wakanda. Who knows? We'll Perhaps. see. That'd you be know, nice. Uh, yeah, I I do like the fact that Lupita Luongo is back um, because she's been missing and anytime, anytime <laughs> any other Wakanda stuff shows up. Uh, Okoye, right. I loved Okoye. She's, she was great. And uh, Mbaku, they're all back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm very curious about that. And uh, But Secret Invasion, man. Don Cheadle. I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped. 
I'm curious to see. It looks who like Amelia it looks Clark like it's going to be the the next major spy thriller since Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Which that was such a good movie. Yeah, brilliant. And you know what though, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like a good spiritual successor to this. To me, I can see it. I'm not going to argue against that. Hey, I, I just think it's great, you know, that they've announced that Carl Lumbly will be back as Isaiah Bradley in Captain America New World Order. I would love to see more of him. I well, need to see I need to see I need to see a redemption story that makes things right for him. Well, I, I do love the fact that he got added to the Captain America exhibit because at Sam Wilson's request. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Was that like a post? credit scene or something maybe it was shown in the show right like, yeah i think yeah. it was at the i think it was like part of the epilogue not quite a post credit right I mean, yeah isaiah bradley i i i want to see more of him too uh, it just the story about him is heartbreaking and and a character that that valuable in, in that kind of pathos mm-hmm. can't be wasted. No. No, you can't. And that's pretty cool. I look forward right. to seeing all of this. And it sounds well, like Harrison Ford will be in New World Order as well. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Here we go. How many finger points do you think he'll do in this? All of them. Every single one. <laughs> So Secret Invasion, Wakanda Forever, close on the horizon. And there we go. Our, our Marvel journey continues. And on that note, everybody, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Those Sci-Fi Guys. Uh, email us, Those Sci-Fi Guys at gmail.com. www.thosesci-fi-guys.com. So annoying. I know. I do it specifically to watch that reaction. <sighs> Such an In ass. the meantime, everybody, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, folks, and thank you. Appreciate it. Stay tuned for our next episode, and we'll see you on the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay or go to thosesci for past episode information.